0: Coming up on Philosophy Talk, The Problem of Infinity.
1: He's been depressed. All of a sudden he can't do anything.
0: Why are you depressed, Harvey?
1: It's something he read. The universe is expanding.
0: The universe is expanding?
1: Well, the universe is everything. And if it's expanding, someday it will break apart and that will be the end of everything.
0: Space is infinite. Time is infinite. An infinite set can be mapped one-to-one onto a proper part of itself. That is, the whole is no larger than the part. There are exactly as many even numbers as numbers because for every number there is a unique even number. You'll never run out.
1: What is that your business? He stopped doing his homework.
0: The Problem of Infinity. Our guest is Rudy Rucker, author of Infinity and the Mind. To infinity and beyond. After the News. Welcome to Philosophy
2: Talk, the program that questions everything except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin
0: at Philosopher's
2: Corner on the Stanford campus. Today, Infinity. Philosophers, theologians, and students of nature have had intimations of the
0: infinite everywhere, in the all-knowing mind of God, in the beginningless past and the endless future, in space without boundary, in matter that can be divided into smaller and smaller bits without limits, and in the realm of pure number. We'll begin our exploration of the infinite by sampling what has been thought and said about infinity in the past. Then we'll dig into some puzzles and paradoxes raised by the
2: very idea of the infinite. Are there actual complete infinities? Are all infinities only potential? Can infinities come in different sizes? Does space have an outermost boundary?
0: Does time have a beginning or an end? We'll close with a discussion of the experience of the infinite. We'll examine the representation of the infinite in art, literature, mathematics, and science. And we'll ask how our finite, feeble minds can ever grasp the concept. So, John, let's start with a definition. How would you define infinity? Piece of cake, Ken. The infinite is that which is not finite. Show's over. Let's go home. Thanks for thinking, folks. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. You've only told me what infinity is
2: not. That doesn't tell me anything positive and definite about infinity. Suppose I ask you to define the color green by analogy, and you said green is the color that is not red, not blue, not orange, and so on for every other color you can think of. That would tell me a lot about what green is not, but it doesn't tell me much at all about what green is. I don't want to know what infinity is not. I want to know what it is. I want a concrete positive definition to help me recognize infinity when I come across it.
0: Uh, I hate to tell you this, Ken, but you're not very likely to come across it. Every number you've ever counted to has been finite. Every extent of space you've ever crossed has been finite. And every span of time you've ever experienced has been finite, too. And every thought you think is finite, because you, Ken, have only a finite mind. Okay, I grant you have a finite mind, but what's your point? I don't get it. Well, take your color analogy and apply it to the case of number. Then we could define infinity like this. Infinity is a number that is larger than any finite number you can think of. Infinity is not one, not two, not 87, not a million. It's it, it, Take the number of the national debt. Even that is not infinite. What is it? what is infinity. It's precisely the number that is not any of those finite numbers and is larger than every single one of them.
2: But that definition's worse than my negative definition of green. I mean, there are only so many colors. So you could pick out all but one and say green is the missing one. And when you came across a color that wasn't any of the ones you already knew, you could say, aha, there it is. That must be green. But you can't do that with infinity and the numbers because you're never going to run
0: out of numbers and you're never going to get to the last but one number. In spite of yourself, Ken, you're starting to get it. You're starting to understand the concept of infinity. No,
2: I'm I'm, I'm lost. What do you mean? I, I I don't get it.
0: Well, ask yourself how many numbers there are. Lots. There are lots and lots of numbers. There are more than lots of numbers. There are an infinite number of numbers. And what this shows, or rather, what shows this, is the very fact that you cannot exhaust them by running through them one by one. Just try. I'll give you as much time as you want.
2: Wait a minute. Are you? I, I think I get it. You're equating infinity with inexhaustibility. Is that your positive and definite definition of the infinite? Something you can't run through. Something you can't exhaust.
0: Well, it's a good start, but it's not all there is. Infinity has lots of other cool properties.
2: like give me give me some more.
0: Well, for example, if you take half of infinity, you get infinity again. I mean, just take the the even numbers, right? So so that seems like it's half of the numbers, but you'll never run out of even numbers too. so they're infinite. So if you double infinity, guess what? You get infinity again? Absolutely. So there's something else positive and definite to say about infinity. Infinity is that amount which you can't decrease by dividing it, and you can't increase by multiplying it. Okay, so that makes infinity
2: that which there is nothing greater than,
0: right? No, not quite. Infinities come in different sizes, some larger, some smaller. As far as we know, there's an infinity of infinities.
2: Wait wait a minute, wait a minute, something can't be right here. You just said you can't increase infinity by multiplying it, you can't decrease it by dividing it, so how could there be different sizes of infinity?
0: Well, I'm going to have to leave you hanging there, Ken. Uh, it's time to hear from some other voices. Our roving philosophical reporter, Zoe Corneli, spoke to a number of students about their understanding of infinity. She files this report.
1: After a long day of classes at San Francisco State University, students relax in lounges and cafes. It's the perfect time for a philosophical conversation. Theater major Tatiana Rivas takes a break from chatting with friends to share her thoughts about infinity.
0: If I think about it, the only thing that will come to mind um, is life. I don't think life stops. Maybe your body, yeah, physically, you, you you know, you're not living, breathing or whatnot, but I feel like people still remember who you are. And I think it kind of relates to different things, like space. Physically, this building looks like it just stops right here, like that corner, that corner, the corner over there. It, it's just something in the way, but um, push it down. What are you going to have? Space.
1: Jamie Tretheway, a physical education student, has a slightly more cynical point of view. When I think of infinity, I think of school because it's never-ending and because I'm still in school and I'm 24. And I remember when I was a sophomore in high school, and I remembered thinking three more years and I'm done with school forever. And now 10 years later, I'm still in school. (laughs) (laughs) Tim Schultz is a high school senior visiting the campus for a meeting. To him, infinity takes on an altruistic meaning.
2: I feel that infinity has a a relationship to helping others and I feel that when you help others there is no limit and it should always be ongoing.
1: Social work graduate student Sarah Bennett remembers the first time she heard the term. When I think of infinity,
0: I think of kids who say, use the word infinity, like I love you infinity or I'll be your best friend infinity and that's the first. Like, reference that I ever had to that word, being a kid trying to figure out what it meant. Like, what's the most, the longest thing you could ever think of? Something that's so big that there's no number for it. That's the way it was described to me as a kid, and it was so hard to imagine.
1: Nearby, education students Keith Favaro and Antoine de Friedman are engaged in a heated political discussion. I interrupt to ask them what they think about infinity. Favaro is surprised to learn his friend doesn't spend much time worrying about it.
0: You've never limitless? thought about how frightening it is, uh, fr- I want to use the word frightening, it is that, there, that something is limitless? Because I've laid in bed at night thinking, you know, this world is flying through space at X number, however many thousands of miles per hour. I'm thinking, you know, I'm sitting here in this, lying here in this bed, my God, where am I going? Yeah, I've thought about that. It's creepy to me. The thing is that whatever happened up there doesn't really... Changed my life here now. What I do and the fact that I have to go and wake up tomorrow and go to work.
1: Favero insists there's more to life than the daily grind.
0: You have to go get something to eat and then go to bed and get up and go to work and okay, those are the day-to-day things. But still, that we've got this other part of us, these nagging questions that never go away, and they're infinitely with us, you know.
1: De Friedman admits infinity can show up in our day-to-day lives.
0: I mean, our creativity is limitless. I mean, I don't agree with that. Why not? Because a human creativity, we, we have a finite amount of you know, cognitive matter to deal with. And maybe everything now is just building on something else. Now,
1: this conversation could go on forever, but we'll leave it there for now. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Zoe Corneli.
2: Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.